Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Wednesday, July 13th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Growing up on a farm, Shea Peshek did not see a future for herself in agriculture. I thought, oh, for me to be out and have a wife and have like this out relationship or like to even find and date someone that I needed to move to a city. But Peshek eventually moved back. We'll have her story and focus on the difference LGBTQ farmers are making in rural communities in just a few minutes. St. Louis health officials are investigating the city's first probable case of monkeypox. St. Louis Public Radio's Farah Anderson reports. City health officials say the individual likely contracted the virus while recently traveling outside Missouri. Officials say they had minimal contact with others and close contacts have been notified. The CDC has already confirmed three monkeypox cases in Missouri. St. Louis Health Director Dr. Mati Swatswayo-Davis says there's many similarities between preventing COVID and monkeypox. I know for some people this is going to bring them back to some of the mitigation strategies around COVID. That's absolutely right. This includes washing hands often and avoiding direct contact with others. Officials say anyone with probable symptoms, including swollen lymph nodes, fever and rashes, should see a doctor. I'm Vera Anderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The chief medical officer of Planned Parenthood for the St. Louis region says banning abortions could harm patients who are not pregnant. Dr. Colleen McNicholas spoke before a congressional committee yesterday in Washington. She says allowing states to ban abortions has led doctors and pharmacists to deny patients vital medications. McNicholas says those drugs could also terminate pregnancies. When the consequence of violating a law is criminal, doctors are put in impossible positions where they know the right care, they know what to do to help somebody, but yet they have to wait. McNicholas also says patients who need life-saving abortions are now at risk because doctors have to wait for guidance from lawyers. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has appointed a new director of the state's public health department, Dr. Samir Vora will run the Illinois Department of Public Health starting August 1st. He's a pediatrician and health policy expert at Southern Illinois University. Vora takes over from Dr. Ngaze Ezike, who helped lead the state's response to the pandemic. Ezike stepped down earlier this year to become CEO of Sinai Chicago. That's a large nonprofit hospital system. St. Louis County elections officials say they are prepared to answer any questions people might have about the results of the upcoming primary. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lipman explains. It's becoming common for losing candidates, especially from certain parties, to claim elections were rigged. For example, a number of U.S. Senate candidates, including Eric Greitens and Eric Schmidt, have repeated the lie that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump. St. Louis County's Republican elections director, Rick Stream, says anyone who is concerned about the way votes are tallied can take a tour of the facilities. It convinces people when they come here and see how we operate that, hey, we're safe here in St. Louis County. Everything's done appropriately. Stream says that openness also reduces the likelihood that any of his employees will face threats of violence, which have been on the rise nationwide. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. A workers' rights advocate and organizer is the newest member of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. Jimmy Lappy had no official challengers in the race to fill the vacant 11th Ward seat. 20 people did write in a candidate. Turnout was less than 4 percent. 
Lappy is the Data and Targeting Director with Missouri Jobs for Justice. He will serve the remaining eight months of Sarah Wood Martin's term. She resigned in April. A Democratic candidate for county executive says she will make crime prevention a priority. Jane Duker is challenging St. Louis County Executive Sam Page in the Democratic primary. Before entering the race, Duker was a lobbyist for local and state police unions. She says she has experience forging consensus among groups, pointing to a successful effort to pass state legislation overhauling police practices. I'm the one who can represent police in Jeff City when we, you know, worked for 18 months with the Black Caucus, ACLU, NAACP, um, and getting a the criminal reform bill with Senator Brian Williams. Duker was a guest on Politically Speaking. That episode is posted at stlpr.org. There aren't any definite numbers about how many U.S. farmers belong to the LGBTQ community. Many are making a point to be visible in their rural communities. Catherine Wheeler reports. After a rainy morning on Shea Peshek and Anna Hankins' farm, the chickens are coming out of the greenhouse and starting to sunbathe in the yard. Peshek and Hankins are gearing up to do the day's chores. Peshek's life now is one she didn't exactly envision for herself as a kid. Growing up here on her family's farm in eastern Iowa, she didn't know any queer people in agriculture. I really didn't feel like that was an option for me. So I thought, oh, for me to be out and have a wife and have like this out relationship or like to even find and date someone that I needed to move to a city. So that's what I did. But eight years later, agriculture called her back to Iowa from San Diego. A while after moving back, she met Hankins, who had moved from the East Coast to work on a farm. Together, they started Over the Moon Farm and Flowers in 2019, a direct-to-consumer farm with livestock and flowers. Peshek says now she and Hankins are the examples, especially for queer people who can't or don't want to leave, that you can live and be connected in a rural community. There's a lot of people that will tell us like, oh, I showed my my queer relative, you know, your page, and they were really excited to know that you existed. It's hard to know how many LGBTQ farmers there are in the U.S., The USDA doesn't include sexual orientation or gender identity in its census of agriculture, as it does with other demographic information like race. Catherine Densman, an assistant professor of rural sociology and public policy at Iowa State University, is trying to get a better sense of the numbers. She and a research team analyzed the 2017 U.S. Census of Agriculture. We looked at men married to men and found about 8,300 farms that were run by men married to men. And that accounts for about almost 1% um, of all two producer farms. And then for women married to women, it was a lot lower. We found about 3,500, which is about like 0.4%. But Densman says that's a significant undercount since the study was focused only on two producer farms. She says knowing numbers is important so that LGBTQ farmers can get direct resources and support. One struggle queer people can face in rural areas is finding a queer community. And that's not different for farmers. Hannah Breckbill says back in 2018, she was having a hard time finding people who were queer and understood farming. So a friend encouraged her to build her own community. She started an annual event on her farm in northeast Iowa called the Queer Farmer Convergence. The point of it is to see my people and to be seen and understood as as a whole person by the people who share a lot of experiences with me. And then also to be challenged by my people. 
Breckbill says she wants to use her position as a landowner for justice. Her farm, Humble Hands Harvest, is a worker-owned cooperative with pigs, lamb, and vegetables. She says they're working to reduce barriers for getting started in farming. Queer people have had to buck systems that don't work for us. But because of that experience of like bucking those systems, we are good at bucking other systems. That's something researchers have noticed about queer farmers. Michaela Hoffelmeyer is a Ph.D. candidate in rural sociology at Penn State University. They say not all farmers in the LGBTQ community take a queer approach to farming. But for those that do, they often challenge assumptions and norms of the existing ag system. They're actively creating solutions to issues in the food system, such as hunger, food insecurity, malnutrition. And they're doing this with less resources. Hoffelmeyer says queer people kept out of agriculture by discrimination can't offer solutions, and agriculture misses out on much-needed farmers. There are enough people who want to farm. We talk to them every day. They're just not from the same people that people are comfortable with seeing owning and operating farms and capital. Hoffelmeyer says queer farmers like those at Over the Moon and Humble Hands are working through the barriers and discrimination that not only LGBTQ farmers face, but also all of those from historically disadvantaged backgrounds. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Katherine Wheeler. This story was produced in partnership with Harvest Public Media, which covers rural issues. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.